Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools, because they have to say something. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 168. I am delighted to announce that I'll be speaking at Women in Tech, Texas on 19th through the 20th of May, 2022. This event offers an immersive educational experience for like-minded women to access proven strategies and tools to support them in their mission to achieve their career goals. Registration is now open. Book your pass today and secure a 15% discount with my special discount code. And that code is W-I-T-T. S-P-E-A-K-E-R-15. And the website is www.women-in-tech-texas.com. The topic of this week's episode is Get to the Damn Point. My guest this week is Lewis Cheney. Lewis is a TEDx alumni award-winning speaker, photojournalist, and director with an extensive background in television news, entertainment news, commercial advertising, and independent film. Lewis has mastered the art of getting to the damn point, from news interviews to meetings to break room brainstorms. He has trained over 100 photojournalists and journalists, working with everyone from the homeless to the rich and famous on how to speak clearly and confidently in any situation. Hi, Lewis. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hello, and how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to speak with you today because you, just like me, you're a speaker, but you're a photojournalist. You've done some amazing things. How I usually like to start out the show is I ask all my guests to tell the listeners who you are and what made you become the Lewis that you are today? <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, it depends on how I answer that. Or if you were to ask my wife that question, she'd probably give you an entirely different answer about how I became the Lewis that I am. But my name is Lewis Cheney. I come from a long background of working in television. I've worked in entertainment news, television news, commercial production. I've done independent film. I've been a TED talker. I have been in Toastmasters for six years, and I just rolled all that up into a ball to become this guy who teaches people how to get to the damn point. And then on the personal side of things, it's my kids and my wife that have shaped me into who I am and probably a large reason for the smart mouth that I have because I have to battle back. I love that. I don't think I've ever been given a bio like that. You should you should spend time in our household. I mean, if we're snipping at each other in some 
smart remark sort of a way, that means everything is cool. Right. When we're not, that means things are probably a problem. But if I say something to my son and he just tells me, you know, bite me, dad, then I know things are fine, you know? So. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. Oh, man. So, okay. So I love to get to the damn point because I'm pretty sure you, just as well as everyone else, you've been in a meeting or a call or something and you're saying to yourself, get to the damn point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've been through so many of those things and so many have, particularly right now. You look at what we're in, where we are, with what we're doing right now, that has become the norm. Yes. And there's so many people who just don't get how to engage their audience. And they wind up standing up there and they read a PowerPoint, which was worse. And it was bad in person. It's even worse now virtual mm-hmm. because you've got, as I was telling somebody earlier today, you've got people who are going, well, you know, I'll listen to this, but in a few minutes, I think I'll step outside and feed my birds. And, oh, look, there's a chip of paint there missing. So you have people who are not paying attention to you unless you're able to get them to. And clicking onto a slideshow and reading it ain't the way to do it. Right. Right. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to have fun. And see, I'm asking for a friend. A friend that happens to be, you know, giving a talk next month. Mm-hmm. Um, but that friend, it was just me. Um, so I've been thinking about this, right? I'm like, okay, how should I do this? I've done a couple of uh, talks since we've been virtual. And this one, I'm like, should I do like, not like you said, because I hate the death by PowerPoint or whatever slides that you have. But I'm thinking maybe some statistics just throw up, you know, or should I just not? How do you think I should go about this? Honestly, yes. stories. Yeah. Engage people with a story. Because if you have a simple stat up there, something quick, maybe that's okay. Right. That's what but I was you can also You can also drown people in data. And that's yes. another problem. You see people who have put up way too much number, way too many facts, too many graph charts, too many pie charts, too many whatevers. Yes. And you're just like going blind with that. If you look back at what we've got traditionally in this world, and I've told this before my TED talk and I've said it in other places without a story, you don't have music. You don't have mm-hmm. books. You don't have TV shows. You don't have movies. Everything is story right. and story connects us. So yes. my advice to you would be find the way to draw them in, yep. paint that picture in their head and take them on your journey. Yep. And that's what I figured. That's how I usually do it. And, and my, my coach, Lisa Nichols, that's what she says. She's like, you know, story. So, um, just well, wonder- I'm, I'm in, there were boxcars right there on the same track then. Yes. <laughs> yes. So no one's steering me wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I think you should just put up a bunch of slides and graphs and click through and just read it. They'll be fine. Yeah. Go ahead. And the, oh, I have a spelling error there. Okay. But we're going to forget that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. See, this is going to be fun because you are saying what usually always goes on in my head. So growing up, I always got in trouble because I do not have a poker face and I still don't. And I've tried, (laughs) I've tried for years. I mean, I was a Naval officer, so I tried to contain it. And now, but um, yeah, sometimes I'm thinking, man, if this person knew what I was thinking in my head, they would not be up here. So, (laughs) so you're, 
your least, time. At least you've got a filter there. Mine just goes from here out the mouth. And sometimes like, did I actually just say that? I probably shouldn't have, but it happens. <laughs> well, see, you say it. I don't say it, but it shows on my face. So I might as well say it. <laughs> oh, I understand. So my, I'm like you. I, if, it's, if it's here, I show it. And it's really so hard. It's really hard. I will tell you this. Though. I got to tell you this. This is funny. Somebody introduced me to this, and I forget what book I got it out of, but I, it was a kind of an exercise that when you're getting in that moment where you know you're going to react or you're starting to drift off and lose focus, this is the craziest thing. And I promise you, you're going to do this. Focus on your toes. And with your toes inside of your shoe, just kind of curl your toes and crunch them. And focus on your toes, and it brings your focus back to whatever it is you're doing, whether that's trying to pay attention to what somebody's saying or it's trying to not exactly show what you're thinking and know you're going to think this is weird, but I swear to you within a week, I'm going to get a note from you that says I curled my toes. <laughs> I promise you it's going to happen. Well, what is it? What is it with the, the toe stretching? And curling? I don't know. I don't know, but it, it actually works. I've done it and it actually works. And you're going to find yourself sitting in some mindless numb meeting or doing something where your people are droning on and you're going to find yourself crunching your toes and your shoes just to get back on the train. I promise you it's going to happen and it will work. I don't know okay. why. I couldn't tell you why. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you to that. So let's, let's go ahead. Let's talk about how all this came about. Cause you know, like I said, you, you know, you've done TEDx, you, you're a photojournalist, you've done, you have all of this um, being in the public experience. So what was it that finally made you said, you know what? This is the track I need to be getting on. Tell me what it was. It really started a couple of years ago after I had gotten into Toastmasters and I started getting into the contest there and I got into the international contest. I don't know if you've ever been a part of Toastmasters or done that, mm -hmm. but it's an incredible experience. It really makes you deep dive on a speech. Mm -hmm. It makes you deep dive in connecting with an audience and going through that process made me a far better speaker. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a little while longer. And then it just sort of clicked with me one day. I can take everything that I've got from the media side and all I've done there and the experience from the speaking side and roll those into a ball. So my initial idea was to just come up with a program, maybe take it from business to business. Mm -hmm. Then COVID happened. And like mm -hmm. so many of the people, you pivot. And, right. you know, which pivot is an overused word now, but it's something everybody did. And it turned me into an entrepreneur. So I developed the online course that I did because I got to thinking, you can't do it in person. And even if you could, how many of those things have you been through where you sat in a session that's a half a day after the first hour, your brain, there was a guy that was, who was this guy that told me, I forget. He said, your brain can only absorb what the butt can endure. <laughs> that's true. And, and after about an hour of sitting there, your brain sort of checking out. Yeah. So, but designing what I did with the course is like, you can sit and watch it. Most of my segments average five minutes. No. So you can sit there and go through it. And in a matter of a month, you know, at work, just 15 minutes a day, you can have the whole thing done and it's not having to go somewhere and you can, you can cherry pick from. It. So nice. the idea to do all of that just kind of came from the TV background of going, you know, TEDx with the ability to do something at that level meets the brevity of a newsroom. And those things mm -hmm. just kind of combined. Now, what kind of things are you talking about in your course? So here's, this is my thing. And it used to always like, burn me up because coming from the military. So, you know, I've been trained that 
okay, I'm speaking, especially when you're talking about generals and admirals, they don't want the whole, you know, well, blah, 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 blah. It's like brief, 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 give it to me, give it to me. So that's how I am. And then you get people who say, oh, you need to add more. And I'm thinking, I just gave you the most important things. Why do I need to add all this fluff in here? So what is your course delving into? What are your steps or what are you telling people how to do your best practices? What I have is a few different things in there. The first part deals with the speaking and the presentation portion, which takes you through setting down with your idea, writing it out and not just writing it out, but standing up and working it out. As I tell people, and, and I hope this is something that's not too bad for your show, but I tell people, get off your ass and on your feet because mm-hmm. your feet no more. Right. And there's a lot of people who are sitting in front of that computer and think they've got things down and they don't. Then they try to do it and they're trying to remember everything and they're not really rehearsing it. Mm-hmm. So I go through all that process of what it takes. And then I talk about the media side of things because a lot of businesses have to be, if it's not on TV or radio, it's doing things like this. Right. It's doing things on social media in all kinds of different forms. So to be better at that. And then the third part is about virtual. Mm-hmm. So I mix all of this stuff in because it's all interconnected. To be able to, as you well know, you talked about speaking, giving sound bites, mm-hmm. being able to get that information in quickly. And it's not about adding the fluff. You're trying to hit a middle ground right. where you're coming from with your military background. And sure, give me the facts and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then you're combining some stories and things in there as right. well to mix that up. And that's the perfect mix there is because you're delivering those facts, but wrapped in a really pretty package that your brain will lock onto. Right. Right. And that's so, that's so important. And those are some of the things I've learned in the years of coaching, becoming a speaker and with my military, like you, I've rolled in that into the speaking and, and come up with who I am today. So that's very very true that you need to have that middle ground. You need to know how to present yourself, not only speaking, but on camera and, and knowing how to give those bites where people are intrigued and you're not going and they're going, okay. (laughs) You know, another great example of that, another great example of that webinars, How many webinars have you sat through? And I call those a bag of potato chips. Why? It's half air. (laughs) You get into it. The people say, come to my webinar. I'm going to teach you five things about whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, that's great. I sat in with one guy who I know and I like a lot of his material. And I went to see this new thing he had. 29 minutes into it, he had not told me anything about the five things he was supposed to be showing me. I clicked it off. I gave him that long because I just wanted to see. And what happens is traditionally people get on there and be like, well, let me show you my house, my car, these people that said this and whatever. Guess what? Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. They know there's going to be a pitch. Nobody Mm -hmm. who's watching webinar doesn't realize there's not going to be a pitch. Mm -hmm. So give me the five things you told me, pitch what you're going to pitch me and let's move on with life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, and you're right. And it's always like that. It's always, oh, well, Susie said, I'm great. And Bob said he loved me. And <laughs> and you're exactly. like, and you're like, okay, you know, and you, and you do, you know, if there's a pitch coming, right. But you're like, okay, you told me you're going to teach me something. So just give me that. And then I'll deal with the pitch at the end, whether I want to listen to it or not. But right. And if you, if you've given me value that I'm interested, right. but if you've made me have to wade through all this crap to get to your value, I'm probably not as interested in your pitch at the end. Right. So. 
do you, okay, so you have this course and I, and it's called get to the damn point, I guess, <laughs> but do you And I go, love the fact that you laugh when you say that, but go ahead. No, cause I love it. But do you, <laughs> do you go to um, businesses and entrepreneurs and teach them this? Because I have been in, in courses where they say, oh, you know, doing this webinar, you know, you want to start off with the you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so fabulous. These people have said this, but I'm kind of like you. I'm like, well, if I'm bringing somebody to a webinar, why can't I just tell them what I'm going to tell them? And then at the end say, okay, now I want to sell you a program. Exactly. I mean, I've gone, I've gone and taken this out and I've taught it to some groups and I have tried that route, but I'll be honest with you, about an hour is all I'll do. Because mm-hmm. your brain's going to check out after that. Right. I'll give you some things to work with, some really practical advice. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you when you start off, another thing that I tell people about is called a nose punch. Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't want to have that chamber piece. When you're doing any kind of a video piece on your website or you're doing something on social media or whatever, you want to have a nose punch. You want people to come right into you. Right. You want to hit them right, right off the gate. Hey. Here's what I need to do. Here's what we're going to say and say something that draws them in. The last thing, excuse me, the last thing you want to do is you want to give this whole, well, here's my entire background. Here's what I've got. And here's the way people do this when they're on the podium. I'd like to thank, uh, I'd like to thank you all for having me here today. Susie, I love the fact that you invited me here. Thank you so much for that. Bob, that was a wonderful pie that you made. I loved every bite of that. That was wonderful. Please. Take care of your weight step. Isn't this a beautiful facility? Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. <laughs> thank everybody later. That's okay yeah. to thank them. Just don't do it at the top. Yeah. What you want to do is come out and say, you're bleeding money right now and I've got the bandage. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what it is? Whatever it is you're going to be. That's very right. generic. But you want to get a hold of them and grab them. Don't sit here and do that chamber piece, as I said. We were founded in 1849 when mm-hmm. three nuns came down the river, <laughs> just droning on. So just get in and get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great way to look at it because I guess this is an old, I'll say an old school way, because a lot of people are still going through that saying, oh, well, you have to go through this and you got to go through that. And you're right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about you know, Susie inviting you to speak is like, yeah, just, just get on with it. You know, just whatever, whatever it is. If you're going to tell me how to paint my fingernails, just tell me how to do it. Um, so I'm, I mean, and it's funny because I like asking guests. So give me some, <laughs> give me some examples of where you have really been like in the audience or in your career where you were like, oh my God, this is one of these things where, you know, you feel like going or whatever. <laughs> what is it? Oh, there's so many stories out there. I'll latch onto one of them for you. We had somebody one time we used to interview on a pretty regular basis. Okay. Now TV again is short. We have to have sound bites, you know, 10 seconds long, 15 seconds max that say what you need to say. And this lady talked like this and every single word that she said, had to be properly enunciated and she spoke to you like you're in first grade. So if you ask this person a question, well, what's going on with X? Well, 
the reason we have thought about this for such a long period of time is because you just fall right off the end of the road because she's just dragging on forever. So when you get back to the edit bay, you've got a hard time cutting that down. Yeah. And that's what I teach people is you're trying to get people to get your message across, whatever that is, whether you're on TV or not, get the message in. Right. Don't be this person that does that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just one of many I can tell you about. <laughs> I might ask for another one because I'm, I'm actually liking this. Sure. Like- <laughs> Go ahead. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one real quick that a friend told me. This is one that I think really applies a lot to businesses. They'll understand. Uh There was a group that was in front of a board, and they had a contract to redo a bridge. They're in there, and they've got their people who are trained to pitch, and they're pitching to this board that's going to approve this contract and hire them. And at some point, they said, "We'd like to hear from the engineer on the project." Now, this is not a slight to engineers. I have engineer friends. It could have been anybody in any capacity. The idea is that this person wasn't trained to speak. Mm -hmm. This person came up, and this is a project worth several hundred thousands of dollars. Okay, He gets up there, and because he doesn't know what to do, he talks to them, lets them ask questions. He gives more information than the question they asked, mm. which led to more questions. And as this friend of mine told me, who is another engineer who sat there and witnessed it, he said, this person single-handedly shot a project worth several hundreds of thousands of dollars because they had not been trained. And the problem with this is, and what I keep trying to tell people, get them to understand, C-suite and middle managers get this training. Mm-hmm. Train your entire Staff. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to work from everything from meetings to client situations, presentations like this. It's going to affect your entire business. It's going to patch that invisible hole you've got mm-hmm. that's leaking money. So you have things like this happen and you just sit back and go, wow, if they'd only just taken the time and the expense of doing that's minor by comparison right. to the cost that project just cost. Them. Right. So when you go into companies, um, mm-hmm. And you're coaching them, like you said, the executives and the C-suites, executives and and upper management, they know this. But how do you get that, get them to roll that down to their team? Because a lot of these executives think that, oh, well, that's my job. I'm, you know, I don't need that. But that was a prime example of when you have your team going into something. And like you said, they're not properly trained. And then, you know, the, the deal is done. Right. It's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you make them see and understand that this is important? That's the struggle that I'm still fighting with is because it's getting them to see that, getting them to understand that it's not just them. It's not just the C-suite. Right. Think about it this way. And this is one of the examples I use. I tell people to look at the way that their meetings are operated. Mm-hmm. OK. Their meetings are flowing money out. If I were to reach up and grab your wallet. And start just taking money out, chucking it into a fire. What are you going to do? You're going to punch me in the nose, take yeah. the wallet back, and be done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But if I say, hey, I want to waste an hour of your time, guess what you'll do? Walk away. Hey, on a silver platter. <laughs> Most people, I mean, if you're in a meeting, what happens? You sit there and you let them drone. Yeah. You let them eat up your time. You're doing that in your meetings. And how much faster could those meetings be done? And how much of it's a clock ticking on that? For the number of people in there, the per hour rate, the, the per hour rate they're getting charged, or you're having to pay them rather, 
they're not at their desk doing the job they're supposed to be doing or out in the field doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. The compensation in there that you're that you're just dishing out mm -hmm. for this to have this and you're not making it streamlined. Right. If you're not even fixing that problem, where else do you have problems with communications in your entire business? And if you don't fix it at this level, it's going to continue to grow and be a problem. If you look at the number of meetings we've got and holy cow, look how much has been exacerbated by what's going on in the world right now right. and by us having to do things like this. And that's what I'm trying to get them to understand is you've got to train every single person there because there's a reason that they don't have stuff they need to get things done is because you've not given it to them. If they didn't do their job well, would you go get them more training? Sure you would. Right. But if they don't communicate well, you just go, oh, well, and yeah. don't think about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's so important because you think about the meetings that you're in. Like, you know, when I was working, I've been in meetings where you're like, what? they could have sent the email for this, right? You're like, why are we in this meeting? Or the person is standing up there and they're going, Ooh, anybody got a joke? No, I don't have a joke. What did you call this meeting for? Why are we here? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it just burns me up. And you're like, again, I, my face shows it all, right? But those are the things that I'm like, really? You're paying people a salary. And then it's like one of those cartoons where it's like, you know, why isn't anything getting done here? And then they go, because we're in a meeting all day. I think it was like a Dilbert or something. It's like, man, uh, time. <laughs> here, here's my favorite way that people look at it that drive me bananas. I, I've read up on this stuff, looked into different things. They'll do things like, hey, we need to have a two pizza meeting. Mm -hmm. Only have enough people in there that two pizzas can feed. No, 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 no. Let's do this. Let's have a standing room only meeting. OK, no, 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 no. We need to make sure that only the people who need to be in the meeting are in the meeting. Duh, that should be happening anyway. Right. So the result of this is you now have everybody that's supposed to be there. They're eating pizza and they're standing and they're still ticked off because the person in the room is wasting an hour of their time because they haven't been taught not to stand there and read a PowerPoint. Yeah, you've gained nothing because you're attacking it from the outside instead of the inside, which is akin to. Okay, I'm on Titanic and it's sinking. Let me get a bucket on the deck and start throwing water off. That'll help. <laughs> or do I go downstairs and patch the hole? Right. Teaching your team is patching the hole. Right. Wow. Wow. So has it gotten any better with the virtual environment? Is it getting any better? Yeah. I don't see it. I haven't seen it. The stuff that I've been in, in virtual, I've seen the same thing happen over and again. And I've seen it happen with people that I know that are trained speakers. Mm -hmm. And I watch them fall into this trap. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're better than this. You should know better than this. Mm -hmm. And I watch them fall into it. And even at your best day, no matter who you are, it is tough. It is really, really tough to keep attention on a virtual meeting, yeah. which is why they need to be shorter. Yeah. It's why they need to be more engaging, cut out the fluff, kill all the slide deck stuff, or at least not kill it completely, maybe, but narrow it down. And don't just go to it and hang on it. Jump in and out. Let them see your face. Engage people. Ask questions. Talk to them. Do things to draw them in. I know people who work in businesses who have to sit through meetings every week. And I have heard them complain to me and go, Lewis, I wish you could sit in and just hear these people and tell them what you need to do because they're just not getting it. Mm -hmm. They're just not understanding 
what needs to be done, and they're killing us. And what's happening is that meeting that they have to be in virtually with somebody who's over in another state from them and doing this with them, they're killing their own business people because they're taking the time away again. They're not getting anything done. And because they're up here, and I've always said this, I think the higher you go up the the ladder, the less the air is (laughs) because you lose the ability to think. And I've seen this so much in my career. So when you're up here, remember what you were like when you were down here. And think about, you you didn't want that done to you, so why are you doing it to them? Right. So just kind of use your head on that. Wow. So what clients are you working with? Are, are there a specific group or company, or how does your business work? The primary people right now that I have found to be my avatar, and it's, it's took me forever to find this. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Trying to find your avatar is a big thing. And I tried different things. But where I found myself right now are business women, generally somebody who's in middle management, because mm-hmm. over the course of my career, I have worked better with women than men. Okay. Nothing wrong with working with men. It's just I've gotten along better and always worked better with women. And I've worked with women who've gotten along better with men. Mm-hmm. And I have found myself gravitating to them and them gravitating to me. I went on to Clubhouse, which I'm sure you've been on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And I started finding that. I started finding that the gravitation I was getting was I was putting out and getting back. Mm-hmm. that particular market. So I think a lot of those women, and I don't mean any disrespect to the men out there, but this is just what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Women are more prone to admit faults and mm-hmm. more prone to say, I need help than a guy will. It goes back to what I've told people, you know, a man can be a one, look in the mirror and see a 10. <laughs> a woman can be a 10, look in the mirror and see a one, Yeah, you know? There's all sorts of things out there. And of course, the market plays on that for beauty products and weight loss and all this stuff. But men simply just put their heads around the fact that, well, I don't need anybody to tell me that. Mm-hmm. But a woman's more likely to me to go, you know, I think we could use help. And a lot of them in this day and age, and again, maybe I'm crossing into something here I shouldn't, but they're tired of playing the good old boys club. Mm-hmm. And it, they're tired of the status quo and go, well, it's just the way we've done it for 100 right. years. They're like, well, let's do something different. Right. And they understand that retention's big right now. I just read an article the other day. Mm-hmm. Business women are noticing retention mm-hmm. is huge and what they're trying to do on onboarding people, bringing more of these soft skills in, which are not there. Right. People are coming out of college who don't have them. Right. So that's where my market is, is primarily with the women in business. Wow. And that's very interesting, but it's true what you're saying. Um, just, just very interesting. Um, so are you still doing journalism and and broadcasting? (laughs) No, and I'm so (laughs) thankful to not be in this day and age. I was fortunate to be in there for a long time, but I got out about 10 years ago of doing it and I've watched how things have gone downhill and it really just saddens me. I worked in local television. I've worked in national and I will tell you on the local side, I really still like the idea because you're helping your community and that's what mm-hmm. we're supposed to be about. But so many corporations have taken over smaller market TV stations mm-hmm. and they, they want to try to make that almighty dollar. So you've got 400 hours of news content in a week. Right. There's just no way to fill it. You just don't have the material. So you do two stories locally, then you're pulling in all the national stories. I just wish they would boil it back down to the good old days. Right. Give me a half hour news in the afternoon. That's my community. Right. Stuff that matters to me. Let the national news tell me what the national news is. So I've seen so many things that just, you know, 
kill my soul. And I've also, because of what I did in TV, I've seen things I can't unsee, heard things I yeah. can't unhear and smell things I can't unsmell. I was pretty happy to be walking away from it. Wow. So here's, here's my, my question that I've always thought about when you're in broadcasting, do they teach you to talk like that? Because everybody has the same cadence <laughs> and pitch. Are you taught that? Actually, it's kind of funny. My voice naturally has done this for a lot of years. And a lot mm-hmm. of people say, man, you, you've got a radio voice. I'm like, yeah, and a face for it. But anyway, I was not in front of the camera when I was in TV. I was behind the camera doing a lot of teaching and training. I had to get out of TV to wind up on TV. It's so bizarre. But I did have one guy that I've worked with who he had talked to me and he had a pretty good radio voice. Mm-hmm. But whatever he would do his packages and he would start talking, he would drop down like this and do that radio voice for you to be able to say, this is the scene behind us right now. And there is a fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, no, I don't think it's really trained. I think as much as anything is it weeded out because I came in as a kid with a Kentucky accent, which I still have a hint of. Uh-huh. But they will, man, they will breed that right out of you really quickly because they'll make fun of you when you say something. Well, wow. I don't reckon I don't reckon I ought to do that, you know. They'll, they'll straighten me out and go, I don't think, I don't think you ought to talk that way there, Hoss. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness. I've always wondered, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I do the podcast and speak and people go, oh, you have, you have a nice voice. And I'm like, it's just my voice and, you know, nothing special. But I was like, I wonder, do they go to class for that? <laughs> because I look at you, news people and they sound the same. They do so often sound the same. And it's one of those things that just my voice, I'm fortunate to have a voice that people like, but listening to your voice, I could hear you being like a late night radio talk person, sound like a Delilah or something. Exactly. The smooth evening stuff. Here's some soft music for you. You're just kind of hanging out at the end of your day and you're wanting to chill. That's the kind of voice you remind me of. This is happy hour with Trina. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. See, it's a whole other show for you there, Trina. There's what you need to be doing. That's what I, hey, radio stations, I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) You could be like, you could be one of those people who syndicated and, you know, they play on a Friday night at seven o'clock. Tune in with Trina. Tune in. The trial. (laughs) Calm storms. (laughs) This episode is being sponsored by True Vision. Have you lost hope in starting your business? lost steam, or just do not know where to go from here. See with True Vision and define your path. The True Vision Project seeks to heal, rebuild, and transform your online business from the inside out. For more information and early access for only Trina Talk listeners into the True Vision Project, send an email to connect at definingpaths.info. Make sure to mention that you heard about it on Trina Talk. Oh, this is I love fun. you to death. You're just fun. This is okay. So we're gonna get into our questions because sure. I'm not one of these speakers that like to just ramble on. Uh, <laughs> okay, who or what motivates you? What motivates me is my family. Top and foremost, that's what motivates me is my family. What demotivates you? What demotivates me is Facebook. <laughs> Because it's like, man, I get trapped on that sucker. I try not to. And I'll get on there and I start scrolling through. And when I, when I start hitting recipes and cats or recipes <laughs> that cats are teaching you about, then I start to realize I'm in there too long. But Facebook devote, motivates me because it's just so much uh, negative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you 
but it worked out for your good. There was a time that something was said or done to hurt me, but worked out for my good. I don't know that it was intentional. And I mean, it wasn't intentional, but I can tell you that one of the things that somebody said to me once had just killed me. And that was the night my oldest son was born mm-hmm. and he had ingested fluid. And they came to us just after he'd been born, like five hours and said, he's got a 50, 50 shot of making it through the night. Oh, wow. And we spent the next eight days with him in NICU. My wife and I just being able to see him for every four hours to feed him. We were at the hospital every four hours to get him out of the incubator to feed him. So they didn't say it on purpose, mm-hmm. but did it all work out? Well, he's 25 years old now, getting married next month. And I have a four-year-old granddaughter from him. So I'd say it worked out all right. All right. What is your fear? Spiders. Absolutely hands down spiders. There's nothing left on this planet that I think is worse than a spider because as a buddy of mine says, there's nothing more foreign on this planet or more alien because what has to have eight legs and eight eyes to function. Uh, Yeah, you just make me itch with that one. (laughs) But anything else though, I mean, I'm one of these guys, I bang my head against the wall. I don't stop. That's just just who I am. So when it comes to fears like that, I don't really have any. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Yeah, there was, as a matter of fact, that when I was a kid, I was going through high school and I had a guidance counselor and my, my goal was to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an attorney and this guidance counselor, I look back at her now and I'm like, she was so wrong. Of course it was the era too, mm-hmm. but she said, by the time you'd go to law school and you get out, there's going to be lawyers flipping hamburgers because the market will be saturated, but she wouldn't even give me the chance to mm-hmm. try. Mm-hmm. So she completely just squashed that dream and said, don't do it. The second one was I wanted to go to Hollywood to get into movies. And nobody back in that day and age would tell you, hey, drop everything, pack your cookies and go. Mm -hmm. And those are two things that I really regret that didn't happen. And why today, when I talk to young people, I'm like, drop your cookies and go. Mm -hmm. Go Do what you want. Chase your dreams. You're going to work for somebody else who who did. Oh, that's a good advice. Um, Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? Is there a time when I wish I had not done something? Oh, there's so many of those to count. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. It would be a good one for you. But the time when I wish I hadn't done something probably goes back to times when I went against my mother's advice. Mm. There are times when I'm sure that, you know, she told me things and I just went, I know more than my mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom's been gone now 11 years. So it's one of those things that I look back a lot now and I'll hear her in the back of my head. And I'm like, I know. I know, I, I know, I got it. <laughs> you were mm-hmm. right. So it's probably a lot to do with her. Wow. What is your definition of success? My definition of success is discretionary time. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have time to spend with my family doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And it's not a matter of being incredibly wealthy. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of being in a spot where I don't have to worry about it. Right. How do you recharge? <laughs> I try to sleep, but here's the problem with that. You, if, you, if you have a creative brain, here's how it works. You go to bed early and you're like, I'll get some sleep. And at two o'clock in the morning, I can show you on my phone. I have notes mm-hmm. where I wake up in the middle of the night and I make notes and I think about all sorts of things. So when I try to recharge, I try to just to pull back and rest. I'll maybe read a book, just try to unplug from the world, disconnect everything, sit down and watch a movie, mm-hmm. get some sleep try to walk away from it, but you never as an entrepreneur truly do. It's, mm-hmm. I'll be sitting here watching a movie and something in the movie will happen. I'll be like, 
Oh, that reminds me, I need to do X. <laughs> I'm laughing no because rest. that's me. <laughs> no rest for the wicked, right? It's me. I I don't <laughs> sleep. I mean, if I get four hours of sleep, I'm like, yeah, because I'm like that. As you know, at the in the wee hours of the night, I'm like, oh, I get a second wind, and I'm like, yeah, okay, let me do that. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, when I do go to sleep and my wife is sitting here on the other side of the room here listening, when I go to sleep, it's like I'm going to bed now and I'm out. You know, I I, I drop and yeah. then I start snoring. And in the middle of the night, this is not a joke. She's sitting over here. She could chime in. She will grab my pillow in the middle of the night and yank it because I'm snoring. And she gets so ticked off because she has a much harder time sleeping than I do. Mm. And then I'll have a restless night. And I'm like, why did I sleep like crap? She goes, probably because you were snoring and I woke you up about 15 times. <laughs> oh, yeah, see. What are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? Yes. Huh, I don't like to claim that I'm awesome at anything, but I will tell you one thing that I'm very proud of that I do. One of the mm. other hats that I wear is I'm a professional mentalist. And I love going to the restaurants that I work and going to tables, entertaining people and lifting them up and putting a smile on their face. Not kids. Don't think of the guy who's pulling the rabbits out of the hat while the adults go, that was cute. No, what I do is pulling thoughts out of the heads of adults. So I do something totally different. And I really, really, truly, I can go there in the worst mood and come out of there smiling because mm. it just brings such joy to me and to them. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this last question and we're going to circle back sure. to that. Um, what legacy do you want to leave? Who? I think I've already left a legacy in, in a lot of ways. I started a list and this is so funny. You were talking about the different things that I've done and I've been knock on wood, very fortunate to get to do a lot of things. that A lot of people would pay money to do. I've gotten to travel with a lot of country music artists and stuff. I've spent time and just about anything that flies from the Goodyear blimp to, I got to play laser tag controlling a jet at about 3000 feet over Evansville, Indiana with another with a reporter and we were shooting at each other. So I've got to do a lot of really cool things. And I think hopefully when my kids look back at that, they'll be like, you know, dad did some stuff. Although my youngest son, Evan, he says, dad, do you have any idea how hard it is to explain what you do for a living? When people ask what it is, you've got a list. Sit down, I'll tell you. It just depends on what day it is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so we're going back to the mentalist thing. So tell me more about that. (laughs) (laughs) I got into I got into magic. Matter of fact, I'll grab something here. I got into magic when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. When I had an uncle, show our cousin that showed me that. Oh. Okay. Okay. And. Because I got interested in this, I played around with it. But then about 20 years ago, I was looking for something to do, a certain thing I wanted to create. So I went to a magic shop and talked to this guy. And he goes, hey, we have an international brotherhood of magicians that meets right there in Henderson. Been there since 1946. I'm like, okay. So I went in there and it just kind of I gravitated through all the different things until I landed on doing the magic and mentalism. But more mentalism is where I'm really heavy at. And I like performing for the adults and the teenagers. Give me the teens that a lot of people say, oh, they're kind of a problem. I love them and they love me. Give me college age kids and I'll have them eating out of the palm of my hand and adults the same way. So it was just one of those things that when I started into it, it got bigger and bigger. And finally, an opening came up with a restaurant and said, they're looking for somebody to do entertainment. I walked in and started. And that was about nine years ago. And I've had a ball ever since. I've been working two restaurants for the past, pretty much for the past five or six years now. And so you just 
go in, you talk to people. I mean, what exactly do you do? <laughs> okay. Imagine you come into the restaurant, mm-hmm. you sit down and you order your food. From the time you order until your food gets there is my window of opportunity. Okay. And instead of doing a stage show, I come to your table and your table becomes my stage. Everything I do is up close and personal in your hands and in your face. No camera tricks, no anything. Have you ever seen anybody up close perform like that before? I don't think so. Then if you're ever in this direction, you should come see me sometime because I'd love to be able to mess with you. Yeah, I do have. I have a whole other site on that. If anybody's interested out there, it's lewisblewmymind.com. There's videos on there where I've done some of the stuff on TV. You can see some of the stuff I'm talking about. But it's just, it's fun when somebody looks at me and I've had this happen. People look at me and say, we came in here tonight in a really bad mood and you reset our night. And I mean, it doesn't get better. It just doesn't get better when you can have that kind of effect on people to where you can make their day or give them 10 minutes of time when I'm at their table performing for all their problems fade away. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't get better. Wow. All right, Lewis. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. One motivational takeaway. Here's what I will tell you all to do. Practice getting rid of ahs, ums, yes, maybe, so, well, the filler killer words, as I call them, because that's going to be the first step in making you a better presenter, a better speaker, a better communicator. Nobody realizes how much time those words eat up. There's a video on my website where you see me talk about how much that eats up. And I put together a lady who was on TV that did 70 of them or more. And I just strung those all together. You won't listen to it for the full 37 seconds because after about 10 seconds, it's like 10,000 fingernails on a chalkboard. You just, it's really hard to listen to, but I encourage everybody to work on that because it's, it's like anything else in life. You have to be able to hear yourself doing it before you realize you're doing it. But once you realize you're doing it, you can start stopping yourself on doing it. So that's the first piece of advice I give anybody. Wow. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you if they want to enroll in your course, see you at the restaurant, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) See what I mean about the number of hats? This is my problem. First of all, you can reach me at gettothedampoint.com. That's where you'll find the course. It's also how you can contact me about anything there. If you need me to come and speak to your group or do a (laughs) keynote for you or do anything like that, you can reach me through there. And if you'd like to have me engaged with you in some other way on the entertainment side, then simply go to lewisblewmymind.com. And that is L-E-W-I-S, blewmymind.com. All right, Lewis, but that was a great soundbite. <laughs> thank you. And it was done on. in a radio voice. And it was. And, and thank you for being on Tree. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Elvis has left the building. Thank you and good night. God, see, I could talk to you forever, so because you make me laugh, but thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Trina. You've been an absolute joy. I have enjoyed the heck out of you. If you like Trina Talk Podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving. Because success is a journey, not a destination.